Today in Agronomy on KFIL AM 1060 with Pioneer Field Agronomist Allie Wise and Josh Schaffner. Here's Josh and Allie. Good morning, Southeast Minnesota. Today is episode 57. It's January 27th, 2021. Uh, good thing I got that right this week, Josh. I'm still stuck <laughs> in 2020 some days, I think. Um, but, you know, right now, I think if we're just we're to be talking about the weather. Obviously, we have a fresh blanket of snow, which like we mentioned, the rootworm are happy. So we'll talk about that maybe a little bit later in the show and what are some things we should be thinking about around that. But, you know, really, it actually is an interesting time of the year um, from both of our perspectives, because we're getting to that planning phase of, you know, really digging a little bit deeper into some of the, the things that we're planning out for this 2021 growing season that you know, honestly, in some ways feels like it'll be here before we know it. But um, from that aspect, so we are going to split today's show in between. Let's talk about those things that we should be considering uh, planting this crop out on the soybean side in segment one, and then we'll shift focus to corn in segment two. So as always, there's always so many things uh, that we could talk about. Um, but I think it's important to plan out this crop and what are some things that we could we need to consider or, or be trying as we look towards 2021. Yeah, and um you know, we were prepping for this show, Allie, and, and I would just, um, you know, sometimes when you're, you know, getting from point A to B on the road, you're just thinking about, you know, the current situation and, and you know, the, the you know, the corn and bean markets have moved a lot and, you know, definitely start thinking ahead of, <clears throat> you know, opportunity and you start to do the math on yield versus this price versus where we kind of were a lot of last year. And, um, you know, I, I think it's a positive outlook and <clears throat> a lot of opportunity. And sometimes when you, you start thinking about, about that, you think back to, you know, maybe the last time, you know, commodity prices went on a run like this. And, um, you know, I just remember times where, yeah, you know, had really good crops, you know, with yields with those prices. But then I also think back to, oh, man, you know, what what are some things that went wrong with some operations that, you know, we had those commodity prices, but what are some things that that caught us off guard? And I thought maybe it'd be good to review each crop and think about, you know, you know, what are those biggest risk factors as we get ready for this year? And, and, and Ellie, you know, from, I think I'll kick off on a soybean standpoint, um, you know, maybe this is a little different angle, but when you think about soybeans, we usually think a lot about disease and it seems like maybe soybean acres, you know, could be up a little bit this year. And, and uh, I know historically in Southeast Minnesota, we talk a lot about white mold, but I, I'm also maybe going to think one of our biggest risk factors, you know, might be sudden death syndrome as we think about this. And, and Ellie, one thing, you know, we talk about SDS a lot, but I think you start pairing that with our, our big push and drive to plant earlier, that maybe SDS could continue to become a, a bigger risk factor than what we've been used to. Yeah, because like you said, with us, you know, we understand the benefit that earlier planting can have to us on both the corn and soybean sides, but for this purpose, soybeans. Um, and it, it feels like we could be trending towards another spring that's going to give us a nice opportunity to get in a little bit earlier. Um, but even when those conditions are fit, we're still facing some of those cooler conditions. And, you know, one thing I had mentioned to you is that, um, you know, not suggesting we're going to have a drought, but it does look like we could potentially have drier conditions this spring again. And, you know, we experienced a lot of temp temperature fluctuations between kind of the cold and warm springs yet this spring. So, you know, it does just bring up the importance, I think, of thinking about that seed treatment, um, adding that addition to your soybean, just making it a standard part of your plan to protect against, you know, diseases, even nematodes in some cases, uh, being kind of a silent yield robber there. So there's a lot of different angles, but, you know, I think if we're going to push that yield early on, let's protect ourselves as best we can uh, moving forward for the whole growing season. Yeah. And that's where I think just really looking at that, you know, I leave seed treatment is what we're really trying to get at. And we know that's, you know, maybe bring an alley, what, you know, 11, $12 additional cost, just give or take, just throwing some numbers out there. Don't hold us to that. But, but you look at, you know, 
you know, maybe less than a bushel of beans to pay for that. And uh, you think about if we're planting really early, you know, we, we increase the risk there. And we think that's an investment of you look at, you know, how do we make sure we protect that yield that, you know, getting that return is probably going to be a very high probability and, and getting big return on that if we get some SDS could be there. Uh, another thing, Ellie, um, you know, we talk about weeds, obviously things like water hemp, giant ragweed, not getting easier to control. Um, so, I mean, it, extremely important that we got to control weeds and soybeans to, to maximize yield. But, um, you know, with that, we got a lot going on in the soybean world. You think about, um, you know, we're kind of transitioning out of straight round of to extend uh, from our standpoint into the enlist system. You know, also in the industry, you know, we see extend flex come to market, you know, with new systems uh, and new trade packages brings a whole slew of new varieties. And you think about variety selection from a standpoint of disease control. But also when you think about um, herbicide systems, you know, risk of what's going on around us. We saw, you know, a lot of, you know, dicamba puckering and damage last year. But uh, I think a lot of different angles to look at that alley when you think about all the new systems coming to market as well. Yeah, I think first focusing on, like you said, with the newer trade options coming, I think it is going to be important to to take the time to have that conversation with your neighbor of which trait package are they planting? Does that vary from the system that you're going to be using across your operation? And then even taking that one step farther, like we talked about, you know, some operations are going to be planting more than one trait. So just having a plan in your head of how we're going to keep that separate, how are we going to protect ourselves um, from damaging that soybean crop? when we're in the heat of the, the spraying season, this growing season, um, you know, and from a white mold perspective, like you said, with a lot of new varieties and systems, uh, we know that understanding the strengths of varieties around some of these disease scores is very important. So, you know, it's exciting. We're bringing newer options to the market, but certainly just make sure that we're understanding and placing those products as best we can based off of the scores that we we do know to date. Um, so a lot of, a couple of different things to consider in the soybean uh side of things. And certainly I think we could talk about this all show long, but um, when we come back, we'll maybe dig a little bit more into the the corn side of things. Welcome back listeners. Uh, segment one alley uh, kind of went quick there, but kind of covered, you know, a few risk factors there to, to be thinking about. And, and maybe to summarize that, I, I think the biggest thing there is, um, you know, as you just start laying out your varieties and your planting plan, just, um, just reviewing those questions, you know, talk to your you know, talk to one of us, talk to your pioneer sales rep, you know, just double, triple checking some of those things of, and, um, you know, what do I need there? And if you didn't make a decision, you know, on, on C treatment or a Levo uptick, you know, maybe having that conversation, you know, what's the cost, what's the risk, what's the benefits. And, um, you know, just making sure we got those things right. So we, we don't overlook something like that. And, uh, you know, managing SDS, you know, once the, you know, once we kind of put it in the ground, uh, that's kind of our plan. We don't really have a rescue option for that other than, the variety or, or the seed treatment that, that we can put on there. So uh, moving into corn alley, um, you know, we've talked quite a bit about, about tar spot last summer, uh, last winter. Um, we, we talked about a little bit of summary of, of some work we did this summer. And, and, you know, the biggest thing, you know, we, you know, if we were here a year ago, we talked about, Hey, it's in a couple counties around us. Um, now we've confirmed that basically in every county that you and I cover and kind of into our, our listeners, our, our listing area here. Um, and, and to me, it's something that knowing that it can, you know, be up to a 30 to 50% yield robber, you know, here's something that, you know, if we're not thinking about this disease at the right time, it could be something that, yeah, we could roll into August 1st, our crop looks awesome. We're thinking, hey, we're going to have 240, 50 bushel. And three weeks later, tar spot could come in and, and we might end up with 150 bushel. That, that's the risk factor. So what are some things, Allie, uh, in your, your mind that we should be thinking about uh, when it comes to tar spot? I think first off, when we hear of tar spot and it 
obviously still is relatively newish to us, even though it is it is here in a greater force, like we talked about. But you know, the first thing our mind goes to, I think, is always fungicides. But actually, I think we want to keep our focus on the number one thing being hybrid selection. And the reason being, there aren't any hybrids that currently in North America that we could say are resistant to tar spot. So it's only a matter of finding those hybrids um, that are going to, to be able to fight off tar spot essentially. So we have a great indication of the varieties that have that hybrid tolerance. So difference between tolerance and resistance. Um, so it's going to be really important just to identify those hybrids and how we can best place those on your acres um, moving into 2021. Um, certainly it's a developing disease and fungicide, like I said, it's not, that's not my number one, but it still does make the list. Fungicide is going to be, you know, huge in terms of suppression of tar spot. Um, and I think timing becomes maybe the next question on that, Josh, but um, you know, we could spend a whole show on tar spot, but just making sure that we're focusing on the factors that we can control knowing that tar spot is here in, in Minnesota. Yeah. And, and the timing, you know, I, I'm not going to get into a lot of time, you know, timing of the fungicide, it's likely going to be tassel. And even after, you know, it's going to be a different timing that we could potentially have to go out there. If this disease comes in, the other thing about the timing that's kind of scary alley is when you, you know, a lot of times when you, when you, you go through your summer and, and the growing season and, and the scouting process, you know, it's really busy, you know, June, July, you think about from soybean aphids to some scouting, but it also seems like too, that once you get to like the first, second week of August, it seems like a lot of us just want to get out of the field, take a break because harvest is coming. It's busy. However, tar spots going to interrupt that because that's the time we're really going to have to be scouting. And I think also just think about, you know, who's going to be looking at my crops. Am I going to be out there? Do I got somebody that's keeping an eye on my crops for us? You know, Allie, we're obviously out in the field all the time. We'll be sending alerts and bulletins if we see something, but, but also knowing that that tar spot can, you know, maybe be, I got one spec out there and two weeks later, you could have really serious infestations that, you know, maybe just think about what is going to be my game plan to try to stay ahead of this. If, if it's really starting to show up and, um, you know, just maybe building a team of people or resources, um, you know, I even think about directive scouting, looking at imagery of something, if it picks it up that, wow, something changed here. Do I need to get out there? Can I get in front of it? Those might be some things to, to be thinking about of how do we, how do we manage this disease that the timing of when it really takes off can be scary because it's the time that a lot of us tend to vacate the field, but it's going to be a critical time that we got to be out there making sure this disease isn't setting in. Yeah. And I think that's a good point. And just kind of for time, we're going to move on to maybe next topic mm -hmm. that one should consider. And I think that'd be a maturity mix. So sometimes we experienced an earlier spring last year, which um, allowed us to push our maturities a little bit greater, but picking your maturities, I think can become a very emotional thing. We can swing too drastically one way or the other, dependent on what the weather maybe give us, gave us that particular mm -hmm. year. So just your thoughts on maybe what is our maturity sweet spot? What are kind of those ditches we should just live within? Yeah, I, I don't ever like to take operations through a roller coaster that I just like to draw a bell curve. And, you know, we're, we're probably 100 to 102, you know, relative CRM sweet spot and, you know, making sure that, you know, probably half year maturities are landing there. You got 25% above and, and below is just a really dumbed down simple way that I really encourage growers to look at it. You know, the one thing, you know, Allie, you know, I've been digging that data. It seems like maybe growers pushed a little later CRM on average this year. Um, you know, and I think sometimes when you look at data, it, it's not that early corn didn't perform, but relative to higher maturity, we just saw more yield, which is common. But, you know, there's always risk of what is the growing season going to deliver. But maybe just reviewing that and thinking about, you know, am I landing close to that average sweet spot or did I swing one way or the other? Could be something to fine tune before we get to planting season. 
Um, another thing that unfortunately we ran out of time for today will be corn rootworm. And we mm-hmm. understand we've talked about this a lot, but we will probably put that back on the docket for shows to come just to make sure that we are covering ourselves as best as we can as we move into this year. Certainly, as you have any questions as you're getting to the planning time of the year, don't hesitate to reach out. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to Today in Agronomy on KFIL AM 1060. If you've missed part of the show or want to hear more, check out the show page at kfilradio.com or with the 103.1 KFIL app. Stay connected with Allie and Josh on Twitter. It's at Allie G-Wise, W-I-S-E, and at Josh Schaffner to submit your questions for the show. Tune in next Wednesday for the next Today in Agronomy on KFIL AM 1060.